0: Okay, October 1st, 2021, episode two of Natty Talk. Mitch McCartney here with Cade Lewitsky again. How you doing, Cade? Feel good. How are we doing today? I'm doing pretty good, man. I like the fact that it's October. I feel like it's finally football weather. I'm a big October guy. I'm a huge October guy. <laughs> uh I love fall. So yeah, I mean, I'm pretty excited about it. But uh, you wanna get into you wanna get into the episode? You wanna do our job here? <laughs>
1: Yeah. I mean, right. we got, we,
0: got, we got a perfect slate for, for first of October. So it is a lot better. Line. It's a lot better than the last week's. Oh yeah. All right. So let's get into it. Um, you want to go over against the spread last week? Your side of Yeah.
1: The- I feel like, I feel like we should hold a hold each other accountable. Um, you know, we put out picks. People want to tell them if they lose, you know, that's our fault. So we might as well go over them.
0: Well, tell them how you did Cade. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, And the picks we went over for um, the games, just the ones we covered on the preview, I went 5-2 for the games, 4-3 against the spread. So that actually was pretty good. Um, I got Notre Dame right with the points and the outright win. Rutgers covered the three-touchdown spread. Uh, However, Texas Tech and Texas A&M, I mean, those are just some bad, bad picks. You can't really predict that. And then I tossed out some extra picks. They went 1-3. Oklahoma State decided to play some offense last week, so that wasn't great for me. But how'd
0: you do? Uh, Against the spread, not bad, man. Four and three. Uh, I mean, hey, for a guy that, to just completely get rid of all of my qualification, for a guy that knows basically nothing about sports betting, newsflash, nothing, basically, uh, I went four and three. Not bad. I had Rutgers to cover, Michigan to win. Absolutely pissed watching that, that game, but got it right. Had MSU to cover. They did. UCLA to cover. They did. I uh, had Texas Tech to cover plus nine and a half way off in that one. We both were yeah. huge blowout by the Longhorns, 70 to 35. I uh, had West Virginia plus 17 over Oklahoma. Got that one. Oklahoma just keeps looking worse week by week. I'm becoming less. They yeah, it's a win, but they're, they're not great. Yeah, it's not the Oklahoma that we're used to for sure. And the defense thing, as we've already mentioned last week, Doesn't seem like it's happening anytime soon. Um, I I had Texas A&M minus four and a half over in Arkansas. How about the damn Razorbacks, man? Yeah, they they deserve some respect at this point. Yes, for sure. They definitely deserve some respect on their name. We're going to be getting to them a little bit later in the show. And then I just really, really question my own sports intelligence from this pick. I can't believe I picked Wisconsin to cover against Notre Dame. <laughs> oh, you got to I mean, laugh. You got to throw a little salt in the wound. I mean, that's fair. That was a bad pick. I can't believe I picked that.
1: I don't think that was on you. I mean, I saw a lot of people on Wisconsin, so I think it was just the way the game pulled, uh, unraveled in the second half. That kind of just wasn't what everyone expected.
0: Yeah, man. Twenty twenties hindsight. If some buts. When you lose it. It's exactly win some, you lose some. Um, so last week's recap. I'm going to talk about our favorite teams. Uh, Kate, I'll let you start. Uh, you can start with your Jolly Green Giants there. How'd Michigan State do this week?
1: Yeah, it wasn't the best game. I guess yeah, like that. a win. A win's a win, and we'll take it. Uh, Kenneth Walker had a quiet night, only 61 rushing yards. Couldn't really get anything going on the offensive side of the ball. I know uh, Thorne took some big hits uh, in that game, and he did not look himself, you know, making some uh, just weird throws that, you know, he usually is pretty consistent with, like, you know, the check downs and things like that. Wasn't really great on that part. But I think we might go back and look at uh, Jaden Reed, which you're correct. His name is Jaden. His punt return this season might be the savior. You know, that might get you from the outback bowl to the cotton Bowl. just being hypothetical. Like that one win, you never know. Um, just a win, you know, night game against uh Nebraska. I mean, State would had a terrible record at, uh, at home like the last four or five years just against the spread and straight up. So I think a win's a win. You know, you take it 2-0 in the Big Ten. No peace complaining.
0: Yeah, that was a – I thought that was a really, really creative call by Mel Tucker to put two punt returners back there. And by the grace of God, I mean, I don't know because – Obviously, you know when you're watching on TV, most of the time the ball goes out of the shot, so you can't really see. And plus, since you're looking at it from the side, it's, it's kind of hard to see which direction of the field the ball's going to. I don't know if it looked like it was going to the right, and that's why the entire Nebraska defense <laughs> went to the right instead of to the left where Jane Reed was. But uh, probably the fastest putt return I've ever seen. He really didn't have to make many moves. It was basically yeah. a yard dash. I agree.
1: Yeah. So, what happens on those plays, though, is uh, I guess it depends on like the call. But so, obviously, they send lined up two guys deep. And sometimes they do that in kick returns where if like the home team lays in the end zone, they got the same color jersey, you know, you can't see them. I don't even think it was that at this point, though. I think that um, when they kicked the ball and um, the punter like punted it, I think every like I think some guys out front might have yelled like right, 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 which means the punt's going right. And like the guys in Michigan State yelled at that, and that's why everyone went to the right, even though they knew that uh, Jaden was gonna get the ball to the left. So they played I think they might have been able to play some tricks on him. I'm not exactly sure. Like I haven't heard any stories or anything, but I feel like, you know, something like that that could've happened. But either way, you know, that sparked us in a huge pick and over time, you know, ended up getting the win. So happy
0: about it. A plus gamesmanship by the Spartan special teams. Absolutely. Perfectly executed. Really did save your ass though. And I feel like you guys no, are, absolutely. you guys are known for that. Like plays that, and I know this is supposed to be a quick recap, but plays that aren't supposed to happen that happen for you. Like, yeah, uh, okay. So there's fumble the snap, which don't talk about it anymore. unless you're not <laughs> On the mic, which I know the audience would love. Um, but it's not happening. And then there's, Last week, like we saw, you know, punt return last second. Basically, you needed it. And then I forget the year. I want to say y'all were playing Wisconsin. And it was a the f- Hail Mary. Yeah, the Hail Mary off the helmet. Yeah. When was that
1: Cook? That was like, that, No, I think that was, that might have been Cousins, but that was, was like that 11 or 12. 11. Yeah, and then the Notre Dame fake field goal was like 0-9 or 910
0: That was one two. There. So <laughs> last second shit. And my school it gets fumble before the snap. It's a bunch of bullshit, in my. Like man. I always say, win some, you lose some. Win some, you lose some. This you <laughs> All right, let's get to uh, let's get to re- recap in Michigan. Uh, dominated on the front seven. Had a good first half. Looked overall very very well second half obviously Greg Schiano went into that locker room and lit a fire under the Rutgers football team because they came out a completely different team. Now we talked last week Rutgers is a much improved football team, but the way Michigan performed in that second half having one passing play, one pass completed, losing or I'm sorry, they won 20 to 10. Not impressed by what I saw from Michigan and I'm pretty scared for tomorrow. If I'm going to say so myself, Uh yeah, not not looking good. I was not very happy with what I saw.
1: Yeah, Michigan. Um, I know I just made like this little note, but like they took up like the f- half of the first quarter on their first drive, scored a touchdown, had a chance to get Rutgers' offense back on the field, and what let them down the DBs that we were talking about last week. So there's different things. Uh, obviously, they can still run the ball, but. It's going to be tough. Uh, Wisconsin, Camp Randall, Michigan doesn't fare well there. So they're going to need to pull out some trick plays, play some uh, hard-nosed football, and somehow come out victorious because they
0: need this one. Yeah, yeah. Please, be sure to listen to next week's episode to see the reaction on if Jim Harbaugh actually is going to do something that he's not expected to do that is a positive thing. You know? (laughs) He can mm-hmm. oh, underachieve, but he very, very rarely overachieves, at least at Michigan. So definitely check back in next week to see if he does it. Yeah. Uh, let's get to trending stories here. <laughs> Ohio State linebacker Kayvon Pope. It, are we just calling it quits? mid? Like, is that the kind of uh, – I don't know are we just calling it quits mid-game now is that the kind of entitlement that these college players feel I mean that it was kind of pretty legendary just walked off the field basically
1: yeah it's always funny when you first see it and then you like think about it after a little bit you're like wait this guy literally just quit like what some people dream of and I don't really know like the whole story I heard like you know uh, like one of the linebackers like told him to like stay on the sideline. He left, yelled at the linebacker's coach, and then he just ended up leaving the field. But just a weird situation, man. You know, you see some of these now, because like like you said, like some of these kids realize like how like important they are to the program, but then they feel like they need to be out there doing more. And then when they're not given the chance, that's when things start to happen. And some people just have a short temper and they lose it. And I feel like that's what happened here.
0: Yeah, can he, like, I mean, I know you. obviously you're not, like, a university official or anything, but can he lose, he can lose his scholarship for that, right? Well, he already entered the transfer portal. Oh, he did?
1: Yeah, so they, I'm pretty sure, like, my guess is him and Day, like, they had a conversation. He's like, dude, you can't do that at our, at our home field and expect that with no repercussions. So, I'm sure that was the last draw for both of them. So, he's like, yeah, I'm just going to transfer. It makes more sense. And so, especially after the tweet when he tweeted, you know, whatever he did about Ohio state, I feel like that was just like, yeah, you know, he already knew it was time for him to
0: leave. Yeah. That's another interesting things when, uh, athletes and co- well, college athletes and pro athletes, I actually saw something on Instagram today. It's not college related, but, um, or actually it was yesterday, but it was uh Jalen Ragor, the, uh, receiver for the Eagles. Yeah. I saw that. Did you see it? I, did- I think I heard it, I heard it was fake, but, You know, it's so funny to like, see it.
1: Like when Nelson Aguilar's burner came out and stuff like that, you know,
0: KD famous for many burner counts with athletes are people too. And they're under an extreme amount of scrutiny. So I guess to a certain extent it's understanded, but never walking off the field. (laughs) That's pretty messed up. Although it is absolutely hilarious and great content for the podcast. So we'll take it you get it, but, uh, TCU and SMU, uh, Texas Christian University. SMU, Southern Methodist University, a lot of people don't know, also in Texas. So two Texas schools. uh, Fight at midfield after the game. SMU tried to plant their flag on the TCU Horned Frog logo. TCU was still on the field. Gary Patterson calls out SMU after their assistant was hurt. Holy shit. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's
1: a... That's an interesting one. You don't see that. Like, you see scuffles sometimes, but you don't see it after the game scuffles. Um, especially, like, I understand, like, you know, you want to leave your mark after you beat. You know, T.C. is not, like, a huge rival for SMU, but, you know, they're probably rivals in some aspect. And um, it's like the Baker uh, situation with Ohio State. Like, he planted the flag, but that was after the game, after everyone was gone. You should probably wait to do that until all the players are off the field, you know, so things like this don't happen. But... You know, it's college football and you don't really, you don't get this stuff in the NFL. So it's fun. I have a
0: hilarious story about Gary Patterson, TCU head coach. So I was, I want to say they were playing Ohio State, like opening weekend. I don't know why I want to say they were playing Ohio State, but I do. I'm pretty sure they were. Like opening weekend, maybe let's call it like 2015 or 16 or something like that. I want to say it was at AT&T Stadium where the Dallas Cowboys play. And I don't know what was going on with the sweat glands on Gary Patterson. <laughs> but my guy looked like he absolutely jumped in a pool. Like he had like, I'm not kidding. This guy had swamp ass and khakis on live TV. That's embarrassing. That, that's like. They're
1: having the college football, so or college basketball, so much too. When they get in the hot gyms, they decide to wear like uh, their long sleeve button down with no undershirt. It's just an absolute pool of sweat. People are like, "Dude, you gotta like, you gotta know this." If they hit your first rodeo, let's figure it out.
0: Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, there's a reason why I know he's retired now, but there's a reason why Mike Shishovsky wore a, a suit with a jacket. You know, got to cover, you got to hide them pit stains somehow because it for sure gets hot in those college gyms. But no, anyways, um, Gary Patterson like signaled to, a, a well, I would say water boy, but it was a girl, water girl um, for like a towel. And he like grabs his <laughs> towel and just like wipes his face, gets under the pits and just hands it back to her. Like, a, <laughs> yeah. Like a cute little college girl just wipes all of his sweat and grime and just hands it back to her. Boy, I love college football for that reason. Yeah, that's the only,
1: that's what you're going to get, you know, those kind of games, opening night. Where else
0: are you you going to get that? Where else are you going to get that besides college football?
1: I just wanted to bring up one last thing um, about the, uh, I know I put it on here, uh, the targeting rule um i haven't really seen much about it i saw a little bit at read a little article that they're talking about changing it um i don't i don't really understand the rule to start with so that's why i kind of wanted to bring it up where like uh the rule says uh you know you get ejected for this kind of hit i just don't like the rule because it's so inconsistent and like as like i played high school football but like it wasn't really big back then you can tell like when a hit is a malicious hit and when a hit is just a football hit, but it looks worse, you know, maybe sometimes your shoulder goes into the helmet and you didn't mean for it to, and there's different scenarios. So I think that's what they need to figure out. Like give them a penalty for a targeting call, but if it's a malicious hit, then you can get them out of here because there's probably 50, 50 split where you can do both.
0: Yeah. See, I- I'm with you. I, I, I'm all for safety in the game. You know, we got to end this CTE problem where guys leave the game and about 20 years later, you find out that their brain is basically pea soup because it's yeah. gotten hit so much. But I completely agree. You know, it, it can be hard. I mean, no, not that it can be hard. It is hard as a defender to avoid the helmet. And I, the thing that I think is so disheartening is a lot of these targeting calls are called when the offensive player the ball carrier is already halfway down and mm-hmm. obviously as a defender you know you're taught you you tackle until the got until the whistle you know so when you, when you're going in as he's coming down it's really hard obviously you can't change your trajectory once you've already left you know once you've already made your dive at the person so it is making it like so incredibly hard for these defensive players. And I am for targeting. You know, I do think we need to keep the game safe. But one thing I think we need to stop doing is, like you said, unless it's clearly a dirty hit, someone out there trying to hurt another player, we need to stop kicking these people out of the game and suspending them for the first half of the next game.
1: Yeah, I've never liked, I've never liked the first half of the next game rule. I've never really been a fan of
0: yeah, it's, it's ridiculous to be quite honest with you because, I mean, it's a week later and un- unless they're, uh, you know, a-, a repeat offender, which I really, I mean, I know about you, I don't see a lot of them at all. Dude, I'm looking at an absolutely massive spider crawling across the floor. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. We need to get an exterminator here right now. Anyways, um, yeah, I mean, unless you're a repeat offender who's just out there headhunting which is not common in college football I really do think that we're going to have to stop with the whole suspending the first half of the next game I just think it's completely pointless pointless and it's it's overboard
1: yeah and also like offensive players can do whatever they want like they can put their head like even though they say in the rule they're not allowed to you see it all the time they put their head down they put their shoulder down with their counter helmet down so it's different things where you have to establish the rule where it has to go both ways or else people are going to start getting even more angry and more mad because it's going to cost some teams, you know, uh, conference championships, you know, bowl games, simply because of one play that gets your star player out there because you can't always control if an offensive player puts their head down and they're running the ball and you're going in for a clean hit. And, you know, things change right at that moment. So it's a fast game, you know, it's a dirty game, but that's how it is.
0: Yeah, of course. And especially now that, you know, we have the NIL, NIL deal. So now, I mean, I know we've seen game or rules across both college and professional football change more in favor of the offense than the defense. But now that there's going to be sponsorships actively going after these college athletes because they can now with the new NIL deal, I do think that we're kind of in a scary state where we could see college football become even more of an offensively-minded game and just completely Mm. ruling out. I mean, it's so hard to be a defensive player nowadays because of all the safety rules, like we're talking about, like the and whatnot. So I guess we'll have to see what happens. But NCAA, please, get on your shit. Stop ejecting these players. (laughs) It's very annoying, and most of them are pretty damn good, and we like to watch them on Saturdays. So, Mm, um, I agree. Let's get to our top co- our top ten, K, do you want to leave that off? Yeah, uh, so
1: last week, I don't have many changes. Uh, Alabama's gonna stay at one. I don't have a reason of taking them out yet. Georgia will stay at two, same way. Most of mine stay still the same, you know Oregon at three and State at four uh Iowa at five is kind of where I you know start to get a little easy. I don't trust Iowa uh okay. to go to Maryland tonight up oh. uh trust them at home I don't trust them on the road so we'll see what happens tonight um Cincy at six you know they're going to play at Notre Dame that would be an interesting one Arkansas at seven finally got to give them the respect they uh deserve um they had some big wins and they're playing good football I'm gonna put them in there Ole Miss at eight they didn't I don't think they played last week uh so I didn't change anything with them Notre Dame hops in at nine um they won enough games for me where I can see them being a top 10 team and I will keep Michigan State at 10 until they lose. Just that's how it is. Um, there's not really many good, good top 10 teams. So I think you can kind of mess around with like seven through 10 either way. And the two teams that I didn't put in Oklahoma, who I just think is really bad. I know they're undefeated, but I don't really see them as a top 10 team. And Florida, uh, they could be a top 10 team, but I just have, you know, a lot of uh, undefeated teams in here. So I'm going to keep Florida out for now.
0: Kayla, I just want to say, f- just for the record, Kayla Lewitsky actually is on Michigan State University payroll. That is why he, <laughs> That's why he has them as his uh, top 10. It just, you know, full disclosure. Also, I saw something about Spencer Rattler over the weekend um, that made me dislike him even more. I saw clips of him back when he was in high school. And, like, he was just yeah. not... Yeah, be one Yeah, did you see what yeah. I... Heard? Yeah, he was just not... I mean, a very... seemed like a very cocky kid and uh not a big fan of cocky people as most people aren't and i kind of i kind of enjoy seeing them struggle because of that because from what i saw he was an asshole to his high school players it Seemed like it just cuz he was you know won the elite 11 and you know number one well, i know he was a number one recruit but you know recruited by Oklahoma all of that but anyways to get to my top 10 also the same as you for the most part, pretty much unchanged at the top. Alabama going to keep them there till they lose. Georgia has really, really shown a lot of improvement over the years, and they're having a great year this year so far. Knocked off Clemson week one. I know Clemson clearly is not the team they've been in the past, but nevertheless, Georgia's undefeated. They look great. I still got them at number two. Oregon still riding the wave after their big win at Ohio State a couple, couple of weeks ago. Got no reason to bump them down. Still have them at number three. Uh, Give me Iowa, number four. We'll see what happens tonight at Maryland. Uh, I'm really, really high on Tua's younger brother. Uh, What is it? Tally, I think his name is, right? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not terrible with names. It's like Tulia, something like that, like weird. but Yeah, it's definitely not easy to pronounce. Yeah, I agree. But uh, we'll call him Tua's younger brother. (laughs) Everyone knows Tua, so... That'll do well enough. Uh, also,
1: also, I can say he has a weird name because I have a weird name. That's how it goes, people. I get to I get to call out other people's names. So I think your name's that weird, Cade.
0: Are you talking about your first name or your last name? No, my first name is weird, especially when you
1: order at a fast food restaurant. Things just, you know, shit hits the fan and you don't know what's going to happen. So. <laughs> what are
0: they, what's a, hold on. What's the weirdest, like, name? Like going to Starbucks, oh. my name's Cade. What, what's the weirdest <laughs> name you've gotten back?
1: The weirdest name I've gotten back, if I haven't had to, like, spell it out. Like, sometimes, like, they'll be like, what's your name? Cade. If you repeat that, Cade. And I'll be like, C-A-D. Like, I'll spell it out. Um. Kate? I've received some weird ones. Uh, someone said like just a weird one on Chad, like not even close. <laughs> like let's, let's, let's try it again. Um, Cade without the E. So cad, that's an interesting one. And then, you know, I get Caden in a lot, even though I never pronounce an ad. So those are like three weird ones. I would think cad though, without the E, like no, like, nobody has that name. What are we doing here?
0: Cad. <laughs> like yeah. caddy, like short for caddy, my cad. Yeah. Honestly, if I worked at Starbucks, I would probably do that for fun and just piss me. Off oh, absolutely! Because I'm a, I'm a conceited asshole, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> but uh, holy crap, where, where were we in the top? You two? were at Iowa. Okay, cool. Nothing like nothing like going in order here. Um, yeah. Five, give me Penn State. Haven't screwed up. I like them. I like where they're at this week. Uh, like you said, six, give me the Razorbacks, of Arkansas. They've had a ton of big games this week or this year, and mm-hmm. they've Performed great in every single one. And they're really I mean, I can't remember the last time the Razorbacks were actually a good football team, but I'm kinda I'm kind of into it. I like uh of course I'm a blue blood, blue blood fan. You know, I, I love to see the teams like Alabama, Georgia, Michigan, Notre Dame, of course, even Ohio State. I like to see the blue bloods be the best programs because I think that's what's the best for college football. But nevertheless, it is pretty cool to see a team like Arkansas work their way up into the top 10. So I have them at number 6. Give me Florida at number 7. I'm going to go with Cincinnati at 8. Our only non-Power 5 team in the top 10. But this is not their first rodeo with being considered an elite college football team. I think they've earned it. And we're about to see how good they are this weekend when they take on Notre Dame. Um, So with that being said, I have Notre Dame at number (laughs) 9. And uh, then we're going to wrap up our top 10 with uh, Ole Miss. They've come back with all their, from all their NCAA violations, and I can confidently say that they are a top 10 football team. Also, they have absolutely beautiful uniforms, which we will get to a little bit. Yeah, a little sneak peek. Yes, a little sneak peek. We'll get to that a little later in the show when we give you guys our Give Me Five. Who's on the bubble for you, Cade? Oh, wait, no, you already said that, right?
1: Yeah, you can give yours. Mine were just Oklahoma and Florida. Nobody really else. Like I said, like like once you get past the top 15, you know, some of the teams are like a little shaky. So
0: Yeah, it gets hard once you get past the top 10. I would definitely put Oklahoma as a team that's on my bubble, though. I mean, they have the talent to be a top 10 team. Lincoln Riley has shown the ability to coach well into the playoff. So it's not that they don't have the ability to be in that top 10. It's that their quarterback is not performing like it. Their defense, sure as hell, is not performing like it. And I know West Virginia has had a very good start to the year beating Virginia Tech and then being very, very competitive with Oklahoma in Norman at night, which is not an easy thing to do at all. Um, mm-hmm. Nevertheless, though, i just not big on Oklahoma this year. I don't see them making it to the playoff. I mean, really, we could see, who, I I don't even know if they're going to win the Big 12 at this point, if they're going to let every single person they play contend with them. So we'll have to see what
1: yeah, happens. they still got a tough, ton of big games. So, yes. you know, that's not like Big 12 is not a great conference, but it's not an easy conference when you know you're matched up pretty well with everyone
0: else. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, when they're not scoring to the likes that they've normally scored and You know, if you guys don't know, Big 12 is all offense all the time. They don't play a lick of defense. So that's extremely concerning to me if I'm an Oklahoma fan. But uh, do you want to get into uh, our previews, our picks?
1: Yeah, let's do it. Uh, We're going to do the same as last week where we, you know, preview some games and then uh, we'll go, you know, I got a couple extra, you know, hopefully do better than last week. So we can start it off. Uh, I'll preview the first one. We got uh, number five Iowa at Maryland tonight. Uh, my time, my time zone is different from, you know, probably most of the listeners, things like that, especially for Michigan. So I have it as an 8 o'clock Friday game. Uh, Iowa minus 3, over under 47 and a half. Uh, this is an interesting one. Uh, Maryland, you know, they've won some games. Iowa has been a little shaky, you know, struggling with Colorado State, lost to an FCS team earlier in the year. Uh, different things where, you know, you kind of got to look out for them. But, you know, I got – uh, to his brother, now I'm going to try to pronounce the name again, he's been solid this year. He's been pretty solid last year when he was playing. And Iowa's defense as a whole, just a unit together, has been pretty rock solid. So I think it's going to be a great game. And I'm actually going to go Maryland to win and cover the plus three. I think they do get it done. And I think uh, Iowa gets a little uh, you know, punch in the mouth early and often, and uh, Maryland comes out with a win.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, about the same result. Um, not big on the over-under at 47.5. I do think it's going to be a little bit of a m- more low-scoring game, especially on Iowa's side. They're not a very explosive offense. I think it's going to be low-scoring, and I do like Maryland to cover the minus 3.5. Not sure who's going to win, though. I want to say Iowa's going to get,
1: You'll get plus 3.5. You, you, you want those points. What I say? You you said they're gonna win by four, which they might, but like you you get the plus three and a half. Oh yeah, no, I th- yeah okay, just just helping you out oh, just, so just in case they do. just in case just in case they do lose and they lose by you know three, you know you're still winning that bet, so it's all right. All
0: right, let's get to game number two on our schedule. Number fourteen, Michigan at Wisconsin. That's a noon kick for you if you're in the Eastern Standard Time Zone. Is that eleven for you?
1: Yeah, we can just roll with the Eastern Standard because, you know, that makes more sense for college football. I still call it the noon slate here, even though it's eleven. So we can still yeah. roll with
0: it. All right. Um, yeah, it's a noon slate. Uh Wisconsin favored by two over under of forty three and a half. Go to Cade. What's the pick here?
1: Yeah, uh this is an interesting game. And I think no matter what I say, you know, I'll be wrong in some aspect because you can't really predict these kind of games. Uh, Both teams like to run the ball, you know, Blake Horham, Michigan, even Haskins scored some touchdowns last week. Uh, Ches Malusi, the Clemson transfer for Wisconsin, you know, he was running the rock pretty well too. Uh, But the player to watch is Aiden Hutchinson. You know, he's a, I'd say he's a top 15 pick right now in the draft, you know, four and a half six this year. The dude's just a menace. He's always in the backfield, always disrupting, and they're going to need him to come to play. I'm not a huge fan of this game in general. Uh, but, you know, I'll never not take Wisconsin at Camp Randall. So, you know, I got them to the win and covered, two, uh, covered by two. And I'll take the under just because, you know, both these quarterbacks haven't really proved themselves this year.
0: You know, I really wish we had a little bit of a differentiating opinions on how college football games are going to go because I'm going to agree with you here. <laughs> uh, not, only, not only is Wisconsin very, very hard to beat at Camp Randall, Uh, Michigan has, under Jim Harbaugh, as we've previously established many times in the show, never ever shown the ability to win a tough road game, especially when they're not favored. I know they're only, I know Wisconsin's only favored by two. And, you know, nevertheless, I don't think they're going to win, to be honest with you. Wisconsin got absolutely throttled last week at Notre Dame. I think they're pissed off. I think they come back home. I think they play a great football game, and I think they covered. So I like Wisconsin to win and to cover.
1: Yeah, I agree with you 100%. It's hard hard to win in this league, especially after, you know, you get kicked in the mouth, they're going to the come to play. Uh, we'll go, we can go with the Georgia game next. Uh, number eight, Arkansas at number two, Georgia, noon kickoff. Georgia laying 18 over under 48 and a half. Uh, like I said, even though i said i got to give Arkansas some more respect, I still haven't watched many of their games just because, you know, we got other games on. I'm watching Michigan game, Michigan State game, things like that. Uh, but their QBKJ Jefferson, he's been rock solid. You know, he can run the rock. He can sling it down the field. However, I don't think that's going to happen very often against Georgia's defense. Definitely top five in the country right now. Uh, there are so many guys on their defense that are playing and playing well that they didn't really want to single anyone out. Just a unit like Iowa's just pretty, pretty just stout. I mean, nobody's scoring points against them. They ran up ran up a check on UAB and uh, Vandy on offense, barely allowing any points. Um, so I'm just going to stick with my guy. I think a lot of people hammer Arkansas here, public publics could be all over them. So I'm going to think George, the wind and cover minus 18. I think they win by like 24, 27. That's a really ballsy pick. That's a ball. Yeah. I like, I don't like, yeah. I don't like having to count on that. Like you start off, you have a tough first quarter and that's pretty much lost. So they got to come out firing.
0: Yeah. All right. I'm going to ride the razorback wave here. I'm going to take the 18 and a half. I do think that they're going to cover it. um, they've just shown the ability to outperform what the media predicts them to do and what Vegas predicts them to do just about every game this year. I know Georgia's great, but this is an sec matchup sec football is generally very, very close unless it's Alabama versus somebody, which we all know how that goes. Uh, So yeah, I do like Arkansas in this one to cover. Um, Georgia's probably going to win, to be quite honest with you, especially considering that it's at Georgia. That's a really, really hard atmosphere to play in. But give me Arkansas to cover. And then to go into probably one of the most interesting games of the week, at least I would consider it the most interesting game of the week, number seven, Cincinnati at number nine, Notre Dame. Notre Dame plus one and a half. Cade, what are we thinking here?
1: Yeah, this is a real interesting one. Notre Dame's always got the weird time slots too. Two thirty, you know, just with a little
0: ahead of the oh, three thirty. Notre Dame, yeah, so fancy. We can't play at noon or three thirty. We have to play at two thirty. Notre
1: right. Notre Dame's a noon school. They're a big time school. Everyone knows that they're just too too big of cowards to join a conference. Yeah, uh, Them and their
0: eyebrow culture. Ooh, we.
1: They're <laughs> playing good football right now. So like. You know, I'm not going to go against that. Kyle Hamilton, uh, safety for Notre Dame. He's got three picks to start the year. I think he's a top 15 pick as well. I think he's a stud all over the field, ball hawk. I haven't watched much since he. I know, you know, Desmond Ritter, Jerome Ford offense is, you know, pounding the rock, throwing it. You know, uh, Ritter can uh, get some yardage with his legs. Uh, but I'm not going to let down on Notre Dame. You know, I think they win and cover the plus one and a half at home. Uh, I just don't see them losing right now to uh, Cincy. And I think, you know, they come to play, especially after that big win against Wisconsin, they get the home crowd back. And I'll also go uh, under 15 and a half. You know, I think that's a lot of points uh, for two pretty decent defenses.
0: So I'll go with that. And two teams that generally like to run the ball more than they throw it. I would agree with you. Yeah. I, I would agree with you. Actually, I agree with you on the whole thing. I do think Notre Dame's going <laughs> to yeah, we agree way too much. We need to get some differentiating opinions in this maybe show.
1: Maybe we just need some weird picks that, are like, oh, these last three are interesting. I think we'll disagree with some here.
0: I so. know we should uh-huh. do. we need to find a skip Bay- and we'll get to the picks pretty quick? We need to find a skip Bayless-esque person that'll just come with us on the show and just say outrageously, outrageously false things. Just, but we look oh. very smart, I, I mean, just to I, make I, us look better too. But, hey, he would make us look better. Skip Bayless is yes. very – I mean, hey, if, if Skip Bayless can do it, we can. No. Because oh, that, he's no qualification. He's a man. I mean, Believe it or not,
1: he's a man. He is a man. He's, ma- he's making some good cash over there. But we'll go, uh, we'll go to number 12 we'll Miss at number one Alabama right now. Uh, 330 game. This is probably my favorite game. Uh, just, you know, just to build up everything. Lane Kiffin versus uh, Nick Saban, things like that. Um the line's jumping around right now. I got a Alabama minus fifteen. I don't think that changes much. Over under seventy nine and a half. I've seen some high over unders uh, like Memphis uh, UFC last year or UCF. My bad last year. That just like these numbers are crazy. Like just think about it. Ridiculous. Just think about it. both teams have to score forty for it to go over. Just in hindsight, that's what has to happen. Even thinking about it, it's crazy. Uh, we got the QB matchup that everyone's been looking at Bryce Young versus Matt Corral, uh, Corral Corral, whatever you want to say. Um, I mean, this is just going to be like, <laughs> when you look at these QBs and you look at these offenses, now you realize why it's at 80 because, you know, we could score on every fourth play on offense. Just looking at this, I don't have much, you know, small sample size for both teams. I mean, Alabama, you know, they played good football. Ole Miss played good football too. You know, they've hit Tulane in the mouth. Who? kept it close to Oklahoma but we don't really know how good Oklahoma is uh so for that reason I'm gonna take Alabama to win but Ole Miss to cover the plus 15 I think that's too many points I saw it up to 20 at some places to start the week starting down to 15 which means some people have been loving it early so you know I think Ole Miss plays a tough nose game I hope they win I really do but you know I gotta roll with Bama but I'll get Ole Miss to cover
0: yeah, um, I really do hope Ole Miss wins just for the sake of college football. It's great to see Alabama get upset. What is it, the fourth week of the season, fourth, fifth week of the season? I would love to see it. Unfortunately, I have a rule. I don't bet against Alabama. <laughs> <because> <laughs> it's a good rule. It is a good rule. Um, yeah, they yeah, they'd almost never lose. So give me Alabama to cover. Uh, I don't like the over under, though. I, I'm going to take the under on that. Don't. Yeah. So just
1: weird. stay away. Stay away from over unders that get above like 75. Like those are ones like one bed first quarter and everything's screwed. So.
0: Yeah. That's true. I mean, how often do you see a college football game that gets to like 40 40? No, that's in the SEC. Every now and then we we'll see it in the Big 12, but. SEC-
1: yeah. Like the last time I could think about it was like Burrow versus Tua. Uh, it was like 47 40. But like I don't even think the teams are that good. So. We'll see.
0: Okay, last game on the slate, number twenty-one Baylor at number nineteen Okie State. That's a seven o'clock start time. Oklahoma State favored by three and a half over under of forty-seven and a half. What are we thinking here, Cade?
1: Yeah. So Michigan State's my team, but Oklahoma State's been my team for a long time. Outside of like you know who I root for on a daily basis, I like Oklahoma State. You know they've got good players to the program. And, honestly, nobody really expected them to be number 19 right now. I expected them to lose to Boise. They could have lost last week to K-State. But they're stringing together some wins. You know, Gundy, you know, people were calling for his job at the beginning of the year, end of the last year. And, you know, he's here to stay, I guess. He wants to keep winning some big ball games. But uh, the thing to look at, I know we were kind of chin on – uh Big 12 defenses, you know, offensive league. Oklahoma State's defense is allowing 19.75 points per game right now. If my defense can give me 20 points per game for the opponent, I should be able to score 24 and win the game. 21 to win the game. Like I believe that, especially in a college atmosphere. Um, Malcolm Rodriguez is a stud. He's like all over the field, recovering uh, fumbles, you know, making tackles for loss. I think he's, you know, one of the best players in this league right now. Uh, Baylor's got a good, decent offense. You know, that's a big win last week against Iowa State. I know they already lost to Iowa, but Iowa State's a good program, uh, and I think that uh, that was like a statement win for Baylor, where like they're they're not slowing down either. With all that being said, I'm never going to take take against Oklahoma State at home. I think three and a half is a good spread. I think it's the right spread for this game. It could go either way, but I'll roll with Oklahoma State to win and cover three and a half.
0: All right, last pick of the day, number twenty-one Baylor at number nineteen Oklahoma State. Uh, for reasons that are going to differ from Cade's, I love Mike Gundy. I think he's one of the most quotable coaches in college football. I'm a man. I'm forty. <laughs> I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna cover. I think they beat Baylor and they cover. Don't like the over under though. Forty-seven is is a little high for me.
1: So yeah, I'm I'm done dealing with the Oklahoma State over unders because I think their defense is really good and then their offense comes alive. So
0: you want to give me a a little background on on why you're an
1: Oklahoma State fan? It's kind of weird. Um, I'm not really sure when it started. It was around the Justin Blackman era. That's kind of when it started. Uh, You know, I was just – I was a Michigan fan at the time. So, I was a Michigan fan before I went to Michigan State. And, you know, Michigan wasn't doing much. And, you know, I was like, you know, I'm just going to find a new team. And Oklahoma – like, well, I think, like, if I, like, pick a team, like, in a different sport, you know, I don't go for, like – the teams that are great. And Oklahoma State was just average at best. So, like, right when I, like, started being a fan of them, you know, they got Brandon Whedon, you know, the Mason Rudolph-James-Washington connection, that was fun, too. So, and it worked out, too, in basketball. It's like Kate Cunningham, uh, Marcus Smart, stuff like that. So, just weird, like, you know, I just became a fan of them. But I've been a fan of them for, like, 10 years now, so.
0: Yeah, they're um, an underrated school as far as, like, high-level athletes. You don't really hear about Yeah, them. they, they, they produce to talent in the right. sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay. I'm, I'm going to – I'm going to roll with my,
1: I got a couple extra picks. I'm just going to give oh, yeah. it. Go ahead, just, go ahead. Just, just so I can try to be better in last week. Go for um, it. I got five of them. We got Charlotte plus 11 at mm-hmm. Illinois. This one had no research to it, just the fact that I know Illinois is not good at football. And Charlotte, you know, <laughs> they competed with some FBS schools already this year. So, uh, some power five schools even. So, I'll take the 11 there. I'm riding the Wake Forest Demon Deacons uh, at home against Louisville. I'll take the six, six there. Uh, Stanford plus eight at home against Oregon. I know everyone's going to hate this pick, but, you know, uh, Dave Chaud's job's on the line still. Again, he's losing too many games. I'm taking Stanford plus eight. Uh, Mitchell like this one. I got Rutgers plus 15 at home against Ohio State. I don't know why that line's so big. They're having so many issues, especially on the defense side of the ball. I think Rutgers covers that one. And the last one's probably my least favorite, but I got to ride it. Uh, Kentucky plus eight at home against Florida. Kentucky loses by seven, you know, win, but I think Kentucky's a good team. I don't think they're a great team, and you know, four comes to play, could be an L, but roll with it. That's fair, fair.
0: All right, uh, let's get to, to wrap up the show, let's get to our Gimme Five. This week, we are bringing you guys our top five uniform combinations. Now, we are just going to go any uniform combination. It doesn't have to be specific, you know, like Michigan's home uniform or you know, it's just any uniform combination. Yeah, So but
1: it might be you know, you know, it's hard to like, like if some team doesn't have a combo, but you know, Michigan, you like the uni, just tossed on there. You
0: don't know, nobody's gonna complain. Right, right. So I'm gonna start uh, number five. I got Florida State's home uniform. I love the maroon and gold. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Native American culture. I seem to always be like find myself liking teams that resemble themselves like that. Um, But I mean, it's different, you know, you got the Cleveland Indians who, I mean, they don't really have anything to, you know I mean? There's just just an Indian on their, uh, on their hat, but Florida States actually, I mean, they got the, you know, they got chief Osceola. It's, it's way, way cooler. Give me Florida state at number five. I love their uniforms. Now I had a
1: number five, one that you already had, but I kind of had it on my list to start, but I want to give you your credit here because you already mentioned it. So I'll switch it up. And number five, I'll go Washington's home uniform, uh, the purple and gold. I think that's a sweet uni. I don't care how bad they are. They rock that thing with the block W. So I'll go with that one.
0: My number four, Ole Miss is specifically their baby blue uniform with their baby blue helmets. So no, clean. They are so clean, dude. <laughs> it's,
1: a be- it's a beautiful uni, especially when the offense is just flying around the field. Yes. Yeah.
0: Flying around the field and committing NCAA violations <laughs> every single drive. All right. Four. I'm going with uh,
1: Louisville's all red, red uniform. uniform. Just imagining uh, Lamar Jackson running around with that. I mean, red face mask, you know, glistening in the, the primetime lights of ABC. You know, that uniform's pretty badass for me. So I'm going to roll with that one.
0: I'm a man. I'm an old soul. I'm a man of classic. I love Penn State's uniforms. They're so simple. I love the blue. I love the white. The simplicity of it. I don't know. Just, it's my eyes the right way. I'm going to go with any PSU uniform combo. But specifically, my favorite is their home uniforms. Their uh, their navies on the whites. Although, it is really annoying because I would like to know the last names of the players. But, (laughs) it gets... I guess guess that... It's the same with my pick here at
1: three. I'm going with Notre Dame's home uniform. You know, I like the gold. I like the, you know, I like the all blue, uh, blue gold pants. Uh, I don't don't love their stadium, but I think they look good when they play football there. So I'll go with that one.
0: I'm going to keep it simple at number two. Any Oregon uniform they throw out there is just absolute fire. So (laughs) give me them at number two.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of the same way, but I'm going North Carolina with the Jordan number two. Uh, it's the same with like Old Mrs. Baby Blue. They got the baby blue unis, they got the all white unis. Um, they even got the dark blue unis. I think all three of them look sweet uh, when they're rocking them. So I'm going to go with their uniform combinations. I probably lean baby blue, but I am a really big fan of the dark blue with like the baby blue outline.
0: Yeah, I, lo- I love their helmets. Honestly, if I wasn't going to have Ole Miss's baby blue uniforms at number four, I was going to pick uh, North Carolina's home uniforms. <laughs> They're pretty yeah. stupid. Uh, my number one uniform, don't be surprised. Uh, I'm completely biased. Michigan's home uniform, it's clean. Clean as hell, even if you hate them. Can't argue it. The winged helmet, most iconic helmet in football. Can't argue it yeah no wing
1: helmet definitely they they definitely do look good uh when they tr- start to change things that's when they need to just slow down and go back to the basics because like they're all yellow unis and things like that like the oh, wing stuff on the shoulder pads those those are some ugly uniforms but, uh,
0: I, I agree with that
1: one not a big fan of the, old. the classics yes absolutely uh for number one i'm kind of going home or two but not like the same way uniform. I'm going Oklahoma State's uniform combination. They have the best combination of football, 100%. Uh, If you stop listening to this podcast right now and go look up online, Oklahoma State is the cleanest, best uniform from throwbacks to, you know, metallic black, metallic gray, all whites. You know, they just – they come to play and they look clean, so I'm going with them. The Sparty and the Cowboy. That's him. Yeah, I I like – I do like – michigan state's uniforms but not that much (laughs) i like them but eh, they're fine but i like like, the helmet decals with the black s like the old logo like spartan mascot but that's about it
0: yeah you know what your ugliest uniform ever is and we'll wrap the show right after this i mean it's it's probably gonna be what everyone else says but Uh, yeah it it probably is the neon (laughs) just state it's hideous, dude. It's bad. Honestly, I didn't even think the jersey was that
1: bad. It was the pants that went along with it that just made it so much worse. Like literal highlighters. Those, like, yeah, I don't like. That's the thing. Like, they did that in basketball and it kind of looked clean, but like they tried it in football and it was just like, oh, brother. Like, what? What are we thinking on this? Yeah, one?
0: yeah, just looked a little, little rough. That was our gimme yeah. five this week, and that's going to wrap up episode number two of Natty Talk. We thank you guys for joining us. We'll be back at you next Friday with another slate, another gimme five, another episode. Myself, Mitch McCartney, and Kate Lewitsky signing off. Got anything to leave with people?
1: Um. Yeah, I guess I'll switch over to the NFL. I'm, I'm going to be around the uh, Soldier Field area. Hammer those Detroit lines this weekend because they're sending Matt Nagy to the grave. Absolutely.
0: Nice. Nagy to the grave. Cade's going to be absolutely sloshed outside the stadium. <laughs> it's a bad day to be a beer. Drink responsibly. Drink responsibly. Cut.